it is your host, Marky, and I am so very grateful to have you back for another episode of Led by the Cosmos. This is a space where we take a peek at the lives of people who are taking charge of their destiny and following what lights them up. Today, we are joined by our cosmic guest, Colleen Quinn. So I met Colleen probably about 10 years ago in college, and at the time I was working in res life in the dorms, and she was a resident the first year I started working there. I immediately felt connected to Colleen because she shared the same name as my mom, and since then I've been watching her blossom and grow into such a powerful, inspirational, and strong presence <laughs> through social media mostly is how I connect with her but she is now known for being a professional fashion stylist a public speaker a professional thrifter and even known for her work featured across Goodwill Arizona including being featured on Channel 3 and Fox 10. She's made a huge impact in the thrifting community she's been published in a variety of magazines for fashion styling She's been a host of multiple fashion shows located in Phoenix, Arizona, and as many people know her as CQ, her biggest goal is to inspire those people that she works with to live and operate from their highest self, and she does that through helping people build confidence through fashion. So we share so much in this episode. I think that everyone listening will feel super inspired and energized by her passion and how she has this amazing kind of no BS, go after what you want approach to life. We talk about how she encourages others and has a big picture vision and even if she doesn't know how she's going to get there or what the steps are to take, she is relentless in believing in her dreams. We share about not just being a pretty face, but having depth to who you are. And at that, having multiple different sides of your personality. Colleen is a Leo Sun, Scorpio Moon, and Leo Rising. And we'll share about that in the episode and how you can start to understand and use astrology to get a feel for how you have very different aspects of your life and your emotions depending on when and where you are. So I cannot wait for you guys to tune into this episode to be inspired by her and hear a little bit about her journey. And I'm so excited to welcome her to Led by the Cosmos. Welcome, Colleen, to Led by the Cosmos podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm really good. How are you? I am lovely. It's so nice to see your smiling face. For those listening, Colleen has the most beautiful big smile ever, and it's such a pleasure to see your face. So the first question I would love to start with is if you could share what lights you up. Yeah, so what lights me up, honestly, is just inspiring people and inspiring people to be their bigger self and their higher self and recognizing that you have honestly, like limitless potential in your life. And it's really about the decisions that you make, uh, the people that you surround yourself with and the belief that you have within yourself. And so I feel really, really, really passionate about my mission of like lighting people up through everything I do, fashion, my words, et cetera, which I'm sure we'll dive into today. Um, but that's definitely what lights me up the most. 
Mm. And you radiate that. Like you can tell without you even describing that just by your aura and the way that you present yourself and share you people. I think your energy is contagious and you naturally light other people up doing that too. So I love that. It's so fitting for you. Um, and I would love if you could share a little bit about your life story and, you know, kind of tell us what has led you to where you are now, um, how you're led by the cosmos. Maybe you can share a little bit about some of the highs and lows along your journey. Definitely. So I, um, I won't, I don't know where to start, right, but I'll start really like with my background. So I was born in Chicago, Illinois. Um, I lived there for 10 years. So my whole childhood was in Illinois and most of my family still lives in Illinois. Um, so a lot of like my inspiration from fashion and people that I connect to a lot of the time have to do with either being in the Midwest or East coast. Um, my family is mixed between like Italian and Irish majority. I actually did ancestry.com recently. So like, I know everything now, so that's really exciting, but like majority is Irish. And then I have a lot of, um, Southern and Northern Italy in my, um, heritage. So it's super exciting Ooh. to know that about me now. Um, but that has a huge impact on how I am and how I carry myself definitely from the Italian side. Like when you think Italian people, you think loud, expressive, um, over the top. Like if you look at, if you think about movies, like, like they're yelling, like, it's just, that's just naturally how Italian people are. And my family is exactly that. Like they're very chaotic. And then you think of the Irish side, which is pretty much exactly the same. Yeah. And then you think about me and I'm like, oh, that's why like, I'm very expressive. That's why I'm very loud and passionate and, you know, humorous and sarcastic because I came from a background as a child where that was so prominent and so normal to me. And so that's just who I am now because I was into that environment my whole life. So, mm. um, yeah, so that's definitely like part of how I was brought up. And I'm very grateful for the family that I do have that just taught me to be my crazy self, but also recognizing very early on as a child that I wasn't like my family. Um, this is really ironic to say now, but like, I was that little girl that was, I was like the youngest for a really long time in my family too. Um, and I can dive into that more later, but, but I used to do like these mini fashion shows. First of all, my family didn't care at all about this, <laughs> but I was like demanding of like, you guys, I'm going to do a fashion show. Everyone's going to watch me and I'm going to walk down these stairs. Give me five minutes. And my whole family's like, okay, Colleen, like sounds good. And then I would just come out you know, I am the star. And then I look back, right. And I'm thinking, and I'm like, does every Leo rising do these types of things as a child? <laughs> because I swear, like, like it's so beautiful to see like home video or videos as a child of yourself and recognize how you still have characteristics of how you were when you were a child. And it's so beautiful to watch that. Right. And so I'm always like, I think that's a huge part of a lot of people's growth is like seeking, like helping that inner child, like, and, and recognizing, like going back to some of those traits that really like, like lighted me up back then. Um, because typically you always circle back to those, um, in your adulthood. So, so true. Oh my gosh. You just talking about home videos and your inner child and what you liked as a little girl. Like I can just imagine you little Colleen, <laughs> 
big hair, just like, look at me. And for those listening, Colleen is a Leo sun, Scorpio moon and Leo rising. So the Leo energy is strong. And as soon as you see her on social media, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But it's funny that you say that because I'm thinking back to myself as a child. And I also loved astrology. And I loved talking to people when I was little. And sometimes I think you think, I don't know if you felt like this, but I felt like some of those things I was interested in weren't a viable career path. And Mm -hmm. I was, you know, Colleen and I met in college. We were in the business school. We're surrounded by very corporate like culture, people going into, um, you know, more traditional career paths. Mm -hmm. And then when you kind of break out and want to be this creative soul, it's really hard based on like the, you know, young adult life that we had in college. Um, So, you know, just props to you for kind of just pursuing what brings you joy and like following that little nudge, because I think it's paying off so much and you can see that in your work. Um, So with that being said, I would love if you could share a little bit about, you know, that journey from college, maybe what you thought you were going to get into. Talk a little bit about like persistence and believing in yourself, because watching your journey, I can just see how you've slowly shifted and you just have this energy of like, I believe in myself. I know I can do this. And I would love if we could soak in some of that wisdom. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate you saying that. My journey has been crazy. So when I was in college, like I always knew I wanted to be a business owner. I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Um, it's interesting because I was in the business school, but I was also pursuing a nutrition minor. And the reason why was because I, for a while, really wanted to be a naturopathic doctor, um, which many people don't know about me now. And it was because like, I was so interested in that holistic view and like nurturing your body. And so what was funny about it was in college, me being the business gal that I was, I was in a lot of classes with people that were pre-med and were in these very traditional science um, paths and roles. And I remember being in like an anatomy class and I'm like in this group with like all pre-med students. And I'm like, okay, so like, what's the plan? Like after you graduate, (laughs) like, what's the plan? Like, so are you going to obviously go to med school and then are you opening up practice? Are you going to combine with a doctor? Are you going to have your own? Are you going to branch out? Like I'm asking these questions and they're like, I'm just going to go to med school. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, get that. So like, what's after that? Like I'm over here, like pitching them like their life. And they're just over here looking at me like, this girl is so crazy. Like, why is she like, so I was so ahead of my time back then, like when it came to business and like vision. And so I knew right when I graduated, I was going to be a business owner. No one's telling me anything. There was nothing about it. My whole family. Well, that's not hundred percent true. My mom, when she was in her twenties, had an interior design business. So she, un- she understood what it took to be a business owner, but most of my family, very traditional. There's no like major entrepreneurs in my family that really pursued out of the box roles. And so I battled hard with a lot of my family when they would say like, just get a real job, you know, just get a real job. Like, you know, be realistic. And I'm over here like, No, (laughs) 
I don't want to be realistic. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. So when I graduated, I worked, I have a, a very interesting career. I I've worked majority in startup um, settings and my first job out of college, I worked for an entrepreneur who promised me the world. Um, she was like, I'll, I'll mentor you. I'll make sure like, you know, everything to know about business. Um, I have this fancy office and I'll have employees and I'm like, great. Like I'm so psyched. And so my first day I pull up and it's in this weird area of downtown Phoenix in a house. And I'm like, this isn't what she has sold me on. I walk in there. It looks good, but it was a for real startup. Like we were in a house grinding, like I had a one laptop, but to me, it's fun. It's my first job, right? When you're in college, like, and I'm sure you can attest to this, Marky, you are meant to stick it out. You know, you're not supposed to quit your, your job out of college. You're, you're supposed to stick it out. You're supposed to be a team player, you know, work hard, play hard. Like that was what was honed into us. And I was like a month into this role, I was not doing anything I wanted to do. I was cold calling. I was, I was like on the phone with a client and I was getting critiqued by her in the background while I'm on the phone with the client. I was asking, I was having to ask for her to write me my checks every couple of weeks. Um, the business no longer exists. And so I won't even wreck, I won't even um, talk about it, but <laughs> I'm quitting uh, within the first month. And I felt like such a failure, right? Cause I was like, I got a big girl job and it's a fail. Like I'm a failure, right? Then I started working for Carvana, which many people know what that is now, but I was working for Carvana in like 2017. <laughs> so nobody knew what Carvana was back then. Um, the interview process was so crazy. Like they were very picky about like who they chose for their internal. So I worked there for a year and a half and then I wanted to go into marketing and they weren't allowing me to. They're like, you're too good on the phones. You're too good talking to customers. I was like, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to do that anymore. And so I left and I went into like the marketing app world, all startups, by the way, so far in my career, all startups. Um, I went to like the marketing app world and it was like this promising company, which switched CEOs the day two I was there. And um they didn't know what to do with me that they hired me not knowing what my role was. And I sat there for two and a half, three months without any direction. And so I feel like a lot of my corporate life has been so irregular. And I have had, I had a friend from college who works for a very like known company, like stable 30 plus year, you know, like one of those types of companies. And she, whenever we went to grab drinks, she's like, okay, what's going on with you now? Like what company are you working for now? Like, what's been going on with your life? And I'm always like having this crazy story. And I was like, a lot of things, a lot of things changed in 2020 for me. Um, I was like, you know what? I just need to go for it. And I had worked with the fashion community prior to 2020. Cause I, um, I also haven't launched this. It's, it's in the works probably down the road, but I had launched a, a designer brand called CQ Petites and it was focusing on petite fashion, petite women, all shapes and sizes. Right. And so I worked under a, a large brand here in Arizona and really got my feet wet. Again, when I was doing this, I was still working a corporate job. Um, at the same time, I started working with Goodwill Arizona. So a lot of people know me from that world, the thrifting world. And so one of the favorite stories I like to tell, which is so crazy is and this is where I come from, like no excuses land. Like, and that's like where I really push no excuses land because I was like, I remember one day I was 
I was on channel three at like 7.30 a.m. doing a Goodwill thrifting styling segment. And then I had to be at work, corporate job at nine. So I went on the news, drove straight from the news station to my normal job, got in my chair, started working. And my manager is like, Colleen, like we need to talk. I, I thought I was in trouble. Okay. Because if you know corporate and biz and entrepreneurship, you know, they don't play well together. Um, no. A lot of corporate companies, they want you to not have anything going on outside of the corporate company. Like they want you to be married to your company and they don't want to hear about anything else you got going on. Like they, they, that's a red flag to them. Right. And so she pulls me in and I'm grateful for this leader because she was a millennial, which really helped in this situation, I think, because the mentality is a little different. And she's like, so I know you were just on the news this morning, girl. And I was like, "Mm mm-hmm. She's like, when are you going to leave me? And I was oh. like, I was like, I'm not leaving. She's like, are you all right? Like, you're doing a lot. Are you good? And I was like, yeah, I'm good. And she's like, okay, that's all I got. And I'm like, all right. And then the conversation ended and I'll just like, never forget it. Cause my coworkers is like, we literally saw you on the news and now you're like here. And it's just like, I was living two different worlds. Like I was mm-hmm. in two different worlds. And, um, and that's really what started my mentality of like, I don't, I'm graceful with others and like taking time for yourself and all of that. But I also some of those people like that when people say like, oh, I'm tired from work or I'm like, if they only knew how much I actually do, um, because I just, you make time for what you actually want. And that's really the reality of the situation. Um, and that's what when it comes to motivation is. I'm always been my biggest fan. And I think that does tie in with astrology. I'm definitely going to say it. Like, I know a lot of Leos, like they are their biggest fans. Like they have, but we come off as just disingenuous, but we're not like, we really are like the lovers and the nurturers. A lot of the time of the Zodiac, we, we want to be everyone's biggest fan. Like we want to be the person that's like, no, I don't need the spotlight. Like, Like the spotlight comes to me but I'm not seeking it. I, I just want others to have it. Like I want to be that pioneer that can urge somebody else to be that star. I don't need to always be the star. And so I think that started my journey in styling because I used to be a model when I first started. And then I realized quickly, I want to be on the other side. I want to inspire. I mean, I still model now and then, but I want to inspire more than just myself. And so yeah, I think that was a long-winded answer, but I was like trying to get to No, it. it's perfect. And I to tie the astrology into this, the Leos are known for being the center of attention, for being on stage and, and being the main character, right? Which they do very well. But I think the misconception about Leo energy is that they want the same love that they give, they give so much love. Like if you think lion from like wizard of Oz, right? Like they have this big, humongous heart. They're extremely giving. And if you are for them, they are for you, period. Like end of story, they'll be your biggest fan. And I think that you can, you embody that well, but what I love even more is like with the Scorpio moon in you, Scorpios are like, all or nothing, baby, like they go to the ends of the earth. And so I think that combination just shows like how powerful and intense in a good way that energy can be. But then you have 
also in Colleen's chart, she has her Mercury and Cancer, which is the sign of communication. So then you have this like powerful, intense, believe in yourself, go-getter energy. But at the same time, you have that softer, nurturing side that you're going to support all the people that are around you who are also supporting you. So I just feel like it's this beautiful mix of like how you're using <laughs> your yeah. energy. Oh man, I, I've always felt that way with myself. Like I'm a ride or die, but once you're done, there's no going back with me. And I know that's like the Scorpio because 1000, <laughs> once you don't, once you're done with me, you don't exist anymore. And that sounds really harsh, but like, I don't have enough time and energy to devote to something that isn't dedicated fully. And I'm very dedicated to everything I do. So if something isn't aligning with me, like it's not worth me putting more energy into it. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, it, I, it's always been really tough because being the Leo sun and Leo rising, people see like this bright shining star, which is like, of course, what I like love about myself. But then I find myself in private spaces being very Scorpio, very like to myself, private, like don't want to talk mm -hmm. to anyone. And it's so opposite of like how people see me in public. And so sometimes like my, like people say, it's like my social media will like turn off. Like I'll be in public and I'll be like, oh no, the Scorpio is creeping in. It's time for me to go. And I'm just <laughs> like, and, and it's tough. Right. And I feel like many Leos can attest to this. It's tough because you're expected to be this type of person all the time. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm not laughing, smiling, goofy, and I'm just normal, like a normal person, people are like, you good? Are you all right? And then my Scorpio moon's like, oh my gosh, I don't want to say anything. Cause I'm not, I'm not a weak person. I can't tell them what's actually going on in my brain. Oh no, right. I'm good. Like, so it's like this, this like battle of like, oh, and so when I meet Scorpio moons, so I have a friend, a very good friend, her and I, like she's an Aquarius sun. And so that's kind of a battle sometimes with us, but she has a Scorpio moon and a Leo rising. So like when we're in social settings, people see us the same, but then when we look at each other, it's like, you ready to go? <laughs> yeah. So you can like, like read minds. The Scorpio is like psychic. It really yeah. is. It, it knows it has a deep underlying sense that nobody else has. Yeah. And I pick up that energy all the time on people. And it's, it's very, it can be very exhausting sometimes because being a Leo rising, people come to me, right? Like they're like, Hey, hey. And I'm like, Oh man, you look so great, but you're not though. Like in my brain, <laughs> I'm like, but your energy is not there. And I, it's so tough, right? Because I'm, I'm never going to like say that to anyone, but like my Scorpio moon is like, Hmm like arm's length with this one. And I like, yeah. I take notes a lot of the time and being in the industry I'm in, like, you have to be social, you have to go to social events, you have to network, you know, you have to put yourself out there. So I struggle with that a lot. And I think a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs, everyone does, right. It's like, ugh, like, oh, okay. I have to force myself to do this. I have to force myself to go here and, and put myself out there. And, um, even if I rather stay home and just like relax, like I have to do this. Like I have to go out there and I have to connect. Cause like we honed in in college, like connect, connect, connect. Like that's all Marky and I used to do, like just be connecting. And, um, and so I feel like I always still constantly struggle with that is like, okay, my Scorpio moon is like, you should just like chill and not be around anyone. And then my Leo <laughs> is like, you don't want that. And I'm like, 
<laughs> it's they see this is why astrology can be such a powerful tool to understand yourself because then you're like okay like I'm not crazy this is yeah. just different parts of me that are showing up also what I think is so interesting is that you kind of alluded to this like not everything is as it seems in multiple ways right like for you and your heart people see you as a Leo but you have this more private, mysterious, deeper, complex side of you, right? Same yeah. thing with career when you're starting your own business and you know you are busting your ass yeah. going on yeah. the news at 7.30 in the morning and then going to your corporate job. So I think a lot of people see on social media and I feel this about myself too, is like they see on social media, you're starting your business, you're posting this, you have this going on, it's so exciting. It seems like you have the world, right? Yeah. And sometimes you do, but the, a lot of people are not seeing the behind the scenes of you're still working other jobs. You're still trying to make ways to make money to fund your dreams in your business. You're working overtime on your own goals. And I think that's what's such a powerful thing that you have is that, you know, you are relentless about what you want to do. You know, we could take the easy route and be like, you know what, let's just do the corporate world and, or any job, right? Let's just, you know, forget about those little butterflies and those inklings of dreams that we have. And it would be a hell of a lot easier sometimes to just forget about those things and ignore them because we're fearful that it's not going to work out and nobody's going to come to the event or nobody's going to listen. But it's, so empowering when you can kind of push past that and believe in yourself and continue to pursue those goals because you just have this inner knowing that something's mm -hmm. there, you know, I mean, that's just, it speaks a lot to your character for sure. Yeah. And I'm constantly naturally doing that with others. I feel because like even yesterday I was a part of like a mini fashion show, which I'm super excited to share content from soon. And one of the models is like, you know, like I'm good at this, but like, I'm not that good. And then she's talking about modeling. And then a couple minutes later, she said something about interior design. She's like, yeah, but she didn't even, she wasn't recognizing like that she was saying the same things. So like she's a couple of minutes go by and then she's talking about interior design and she's like, yeah, I'm good, but I'm not like great. And like, I was, I wasn't even my Scorpio moon always listening. I wasn't even like involved in that conversation, but I was very aware of the conversation. And so I'm like packing up my suitcase and I'm like packing up jewelry and all of that. And then um, she was one of my models. So I felt comfortable with our relationship to like interject. And I like interjected and I was like, Hey, can I say something? And she's like, yeah, I was like, I'm hearing a pattern in what you say. I said, you're saying that you don't think you're good enough. I was like, but I'll be very honest. Nobody that has started something has ever felt good enough in anything. No. And I just paused and she's just like, you're right. And I'm like, yeah, because we're all faking it till we make it. Like, I hate that phrase sometimes, but like, nobody thinks they got it until uh, they got it. <laughs> like you just can't, there's the greatest individuals and the greatest visionaries and the greatest creatives started exactly the mentality that you're in. And just recognize that like everyone goes through that inner battle at the beginning stages. And again, I felt, I felt good in saying that to her and she can take that with what she, you know, take that as she will. But I just always feel the need to when it's right. Cause I feel like some people can interject at the wrong times. I, I want to be able to interject in ways that are inspiring, but not luxury. And so yeah. that's what I try to do. 
And in 2020, I started something which I'm no longer, I haven't continued with it since, but it's on my Instagram still. It's a series called Chats with CQ. And so I used to do these like monthly series where I used to talk about like real stuff. And that was really powerful for me to make those videos. One, because I didn't edit them. Like I just went for it, like talked about a topic, went for it. But because at the time I had met a successful business owner Um, I had modeled for a pretty large brand right before the pandemic. And um, the person that was mentoring the person that owned the brand had like a 30 minute call with me and she was successful in what she does. And um, she said something to me that hit me hard. And she was like, you know, like I've spent like five minutes with you on the phone, Colleen. And like, I'm looking at your Instagram right now. She's like, all I see is a pretty face on here, but like, you're really smart. Like, I don't see any of that on your Instagram. And I was like, she's so right. And that's why I started because I was like, she's very bluntly honest with me. And I appreciate that so much in people. And I try to be that too, for people, because I was like, I don't want to be a pretty face. Like I'm so much more than that, but I feel like that's, at the time, that's all you saw. And I was like, I don't ever want to just be that girl. Like I want to be so much more than that. And so that's what's prompted me to start chats with CQ and start really using my voice as power, because I know that's part of where I'm, why I'm on this planet, why I am now, because I meant to put my brain to use and to use it in ways that inspire people. So Mm, that's, I love that there's this great amount of depth behind what you do, because I've felt the same way, you know, like it's fun to post on social media. It's fun to be creative. It's, you know, exciting to do all those things, but if people aren't connecting with you, like, what is the point of it all? If you're not connecting with people. And I think that when you have water in your chart, um, you quite frankly, cannot just go about life without having deep connections. I mean, that's why I wanted to do this podcast, right? Like I Mm -hmm. love going deep with people. Like, I don't want to just scratch the surface. Like, tell me everything, you know, like tell me your real raw emotions. And I think that people are inspired by that. And when people can do it in a way that is still uplifting, still inspiring, um, encouraging as opposed, like, I like the word that you use lecturing, you know, nobody wants to be lectured or feel like they're not doing something right. But if you can just have open and honest conversations or share raw thoughts from your mind in a way that is just, it is what it is, like take it or leave it, encouraging people, then I feel like that is so powerful and it does so much and probably builds your clientele and your business too, I imagine. Yeah, I would say so, because on top of like everything I do, I want to do the best. I also like want to connect with the people I work with on a level that's impactful and and something they can remember. And I think that's why I love styling so much is because I can create like a fun atmosphere so they have a good experience. And then uh, another layer to that is a lot of my styling is bold, big, like powerful. And so I know like, I think internal is so powerful, but external does bring a lot of internal confidence. Mm -hmm. And when you see people transform in front of you, when you put a look on them and they like are walking different, they're smiling, they're shooting selfies, like their whole entire 
aura just has taken a 360 or I guess a 150. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like it's so, that is why I love styling, right? Because I know at the core of me, I'm meant to inspire people to be their higher selves. So whether that's through styling, whether that's through my words and what I say on the stage, or, you know, I know at my core, that's what my purpose, one of them for sure is. And so any outlet I can be able to do that in is going to be powerful for me. And that's what I love so much about fashion is you can be expressive and there aren't any rules. And it's just so fun to be able to show your personality through it. And if people want help in showing their personality, like I can help them do that. And so um, I think that's what I love so much about my, what I do and about the things that I do. And it's such a fun way to help people with their confidence, right? Because I think that sometimes people might look at fashion as superficial or Mm -hmm. um, pointless, right? Like it's not worth anything. Why would you spend money on things like that? But you are doing things in such a kind of unique um, against the grain kind of way. You know, you're known for thrifting, right? So that right there is showing sustainability. It's showing resourcefulness. It's showing budget-friendly options. But you're also doing it so that you're helping people build their confidence, which I just love because it has, again, this depth to it. So will you share a little bit more about your work as a stylist, like who you work with and what a day-to-day event looks like for you? Yeah. So a majority of my clientele is definitely like the model community in Arizona. So I work a lot with people that are looking to build their portfolios, um, looking to do like editorial shooting, individual shooting. But a lot of my background has also been fashion shows, which is unique to styling, right? Because there's a difference between a designer and a stylist. Designers, they make their clothing, they sell their clothing, they have a brand associated with their clothing, they have a label on their clothing, right? Styling, there's many layers to it. Um, The type of styling that I do is a little bit unique because a lot of stylists, they'll work with a designer and the designer will just ask them, hey, can you like style around my brand? Versus me, I do like my own mini collections where I'm creating custom looks. And so I'm, I'm like in between, like I hover because I'm not sewing and creating my own stuff, but I'm not underneath another brand. And so I am like that, like fish that like is the big shot because I'm one of the only stylists that does a lot of fashion shows and creates Mm. their own collections. Um, There are other ones, right? I I don't want to, I don't want to say there aren't, but I really, I'm happy that I've had the experience and forced myself to do a lot of these shows where I'm usually the only stylist. I'm one of the only players that is just a stylist versus a designer. And now I feel like I'm kind of, I'm as like the last show I was in, I was actually just the host of a fashion show recently, not the yesterday one, but um, a couple, like a month or so ago. And I had done that show. I worked with that company two years in a row prior to this. And so everyone's like, why aren't you in the show? And I like to give people a hard time, but I'm like, all I saw was a designer form. I didn't see a stylist form because people just put them in the same category sometimes. Mm. But again, I'm a little different because I create custom collections. So even yesterday, like I want all the looks to go together. And that's the point of the collection. So um, like yesterday, my looks were maroon, cheetah, and white. So everything came together. It wasn't matchy, but it it contrasts each other. Like I'm all about color theory, but the days of shows are crazy. So I have gotten really good. My first show versus now gotten really good at like 
planning like a day to day, like if I were to give you a rundown of like the day of a fashion show, it starts days before. Well, it starts months before because I'm prepping looks, but like I usually get my hair, like if I have my hair in braids for a show, I'll get my hair done like two days in advance. And then so that I don't have to worry about it because every anything you would check off your list before the day of is less stressful. It's almost like planning a wedding. And you know what's ironic about me saying that is I have a really good friend. I'm her maid of honor in less than two weeks. And I pretty much helped her plan this entire wedding. And so I'm like a lot of my fashion show experience and like how I organize, how I prep, how I talk about location, how I view mm. the color theory. It has tied into that world. Although I don't know if I want to ever dabble in that world because that's a very chaotic world. Um, a great industry though for money, right? It's never going to fade, but it's definitely something that you have to get really good from a creative director and organizer perspective. So like day of, I'm getting my makeup done at like five or 6 a.m. Because I won't be able to do it if I don't at that time. Then I'm prepping looks. Um, I'm getting to the venue. I have group chats with hair and makeup separately from models. I'm letting them know like, hey, you have to be on location at this time. I'm slotting out what time the model should arrive versus what time they're going to get their hair and makeup done versus when the hairstylist is going to do their hair. And then I'm like slotting out all these things. Now I'm unique in that sense. And that's what sets me apart is I creative direct and manage all of that my own. And that's when my models have a good experience. That's why no one's confused. That's why people want to work with me time and time again, because I'm very organized in how I do it. And I attest my corporate background. I attest my experience in college to all of that um, and learning and making mistakes over time. But that's how the day of the fashion show runs for me. I'm very communicative with all of my creatives, like hair, makeup. Um, I'm very communicative with my models. And then getting to the venue on time is a whole nother situation. Um, and being able to prep and accessorize, it's so much work. And that's what's so ironic about fashion is all most people see is the beauty on the runway, right? They yeah. don't see anything else. And like, you don't realize that most of those, most of the people walking the runway started their day at 6 a.m. You know what I mean? Um, you just don't think about that. But when you're behind the scenes and you're, you're watching and you're, it's crazy, it's super chaotic. And so that's why I'm very passionate of having all that experience on the runway, because I know um, when I do go to New York Fashion Week or when I go to LA or Paris Fashion Week, I'm going to be very prepared and I'm going to be able to operate in the chaos um, because some people don't have that experience and they don't know how to operate in the chaos. And that's something I would definitely recommend anyone that wants to get into the runway fashion world. You need to throw yourself into a chaotic environment because like, I'll be like putting a necklace on a model and a hairstylist will ask me, what do you think about this braid? Do you want me? I'll be like, yeah, that looks good. Yeah. And then someone else asked me another question. I'm like, you have to know how to multitask and your brain yeah. has to, to go multiple places at once. Um, and that's being a powerful leader in general. Um, but yeah, it definitely helps me in the fashion world because ooh, it, it can definitely get chaotic the day of, but that's like more of a day-to-day -day of like what happens the day of a fashion show. Wow. So. Yeah. So it's so interesting because I, I used to, um, in college, I interned at DKNY and for a very long time, I wanted to be in the fashion industry. And then I kind of had a change of pace, but 
I relate or can understand on a slight level about how it's just like, kind of like, go, go, go. You're on one thing and on the next thing. And it's just, it, it's a very fast paced event, environment, people and everything. So you need to be on top of it all. But what I'm curious from your perspective is how do you stay creative and how do you stay inspired and find time to kind of calm your mind when it is so fast paced? Because I feel like your brain in general, right? Our brains need kind of calm space to be able to create. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that? Or do you feel like you can just, th- that energy actually creates more energy for you? I think that it's more, uh, I want to answer that in two parts. I think that when I first started, it was really hard for me to operate that way. Um, and then now I feel like I thrive off of it. So I feel like mm-hmm. it's just over time, but something that I urge like young stylists or people in that industry to do is what I used to do, which honestly hurt me, um, was, I mean, I wouldn't say hurt me, but it, it definitely was a growing pain was a lot of the time what happens is I, I know what I'm going to put on a model. Like I, I plan out what look is going to go with what model beforehand. So like, I have an idea of that. So that's not as chaotic. Cause I'm not like thinking about like all these looks and like wh- who's going on what, like I've already done that in my head. Um, and I'll usually I'll like take a picture and like put their name next. Like I have it all planned out, but the jewelry, I usually do day of just cause I don't know what it's going to look like on the model. And I might want to switch it up or switch out a belt or like little things like, well, accessories are a big deal, but like you do some of stuff day of just cause it's better that way. But what I used to do as a young stylist is I used to talk out loud. And what I mean by that is I used to be like, mm, I don't know if I like this necklace, like these earrings, like not sure. And like, again, the model's hearing your doubt. Mm. And, and, and that's, that's, what's interesting is the model's hearing your doubt. And they're also think like, then they start having a say in things and not to say they can't have a say, cause I want my models to love their looks. But when you have a specific vision, you don't want other people interacting in the vision while you're trying to think about the vision. So what I started doing, <laughs> and I'm historic for now, is I'll just do this. I'll just like, I know we're not on camera and people are just listening, but I'll just stare back and like say nothing for like two seconds. Like, I'll just like look at the model and be like, and like think. And they don't know what I'm doing. All they know is that I'm not saying anything. And like, I just think, and I'm like, all those thoughts that I have are now just in my brain. And I'm just going through the different scenarios in my head, but I'm not saying them verbally. So the model just thinks I'm taking a pause versus I'm like, okay, what if this next is with this? But then the, does the color look right with this? But then if there's color mm. on the shirt, we'll contrast with this. And so my mind's like going a million miles a minute, but the model just sees me just like as a blank stare, <laughs> staring into <laughs> the abyss. And so that has actually really helped me because I now get to have those thoughts internally and I'm able to digest them outward once I'm ready versus, and I sometimes still ask like, what did you like better? And like, I do ask for feedback when I feel like it's necessary, but I don't want to give too much feedback to the point where it it creates their self-doubt in me as a professional, or it creates self-doubt in myself because words are powerful. So I just try to have all those thoughts internally. And that really does help me Uh, something that I've learned along the way. And like, you can apply that to any profession or any industry that you're in. Right. But but, yeah, absolutely. I was going to say that's applicable everywhere. Just it speaks to the power of taking a moment 
a moment yeah. of silence, a pause. And because your energy, your words are so powerful that by you, when you started out doubting it or questioning, people are going to question you, right? But if you're just taking yourself, you look powerful when you just sit back and stare <laughs> and right. si silence is powerful. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And a lot of people are uncomfortable with taking a breath or taking a breath or taking a pause and being silent. And I realized that, you know, with public speaking engagements, anything yeah. that you're doing where you're kind of up on stage or in an important role, if you can just learn to manage and master the art of a pause, ooh, that yeah. makes a huge difference. It yeah. really does. Uh, totally. Public speaking is my jam. I, one of my main goals is to be like in a Ted talk scenario or like, and I don't even know the steps to get there yet, but I know that I want to be that. Um, and I just, I public speaking is so powerful and I'm getting more into hosting and, and talking in front of the stage and, and having inspiring world words, but I've learned that, yeah, pauses are so powerful versus saying, um, or, uh, and I'm just, I'll just sit back and take a pause and continue on. And yeah, yeah. I think I really agree with you. I think it's so powerful. Yeah. Oh, I, okay. I love that you're you like kind of captivating and taking on your voice and um, do a TED talk. I mean, that's amazing. I also have a very similar goal. I think I have a, my Mercury is in Leo. So I think that's the similarity in the, um, in those desires to be a speaker of some sort. And I, so that leads me into my next question is like, what are some of your next goals? Like where do you see yourself in the future in however many years you want to share, but what do you want to do with the styling ultimately in the near term? How does that look? So I definitely want to create more virtual opportunities. So a lot, some of the best success I've had outside of like the fashion show world have been like closet cleanouts and like being able to work with people more on a larger scale. Um, I have a client that lives in Florida, for example, and I've done her closet and helped her with her daughter's closet and just all over FaceTime. Like I want to be able to expand wow. the brand virtually so that I'm not having to travel as much, but I'm able to help more people. And so that's definitely one of my next goals is being able to expand my reach and um, work still individually with clients, but more on a virtual basis from a styling perspective. But that's another reason why my website isn't called style by CQ. It's called everythingcq.com because I see my brand expanding into one big umbrella. So I want to have like an area for confidence building and motivation, like more on the coaching side. I want to have an area for styling and virtual closet cleanouts and have that as a branch. And then whatever else, like I want it to be able under all under everything CQ.com and then be able to travel, right? Like, of course, one of my goals is to work with more celebrity clients and be able to, you know, work under them. Right. Um, and that's definitely a goal I have too, but more or less just helping the day-to-day -day person that wants to feel confident again and fashion and confidence definitely go hand in hand. Um, and that's the goal definitely in the short-term future. Long-term, I definitely see myself having like an empire of some kind, whether that be under fashion or just be in general, like inspiring. I I personally feel inspiring women, although I love working with men as well, but I just feel like a lot of my mission is inspiring women to like step into their power and be there, be unapologetic when it comes to what they want to do in this life and just having no rules when it comes to that. 
And so that's where I see myself directional going down in the long-term future. Um, on top of the fact of just like being able to travel more and explore my background, right? Be able to go to Europe and look at, and see Italy. And like, I haven't done any of that. And so I'm just, I have a lot of like personal, like the way I, every month, like, so at the beginning of January, I have this planner and I, I write out professional goals and personal goals. And so like personal goals can, they can range from like, have more consistent like workout routine um, or like eat healthier. And then professional goals can be like, be on TV more, you know, expand my clientele and make X, Y, Z in my business, you know? So um, I always have both and I like to have both because like both are important and they work together and they have to be cohesive. And so that's what I see definitely in my long-term future is more about creating an empire, definitely being on stage. Um, I, I think my voice has to be heard. Like, I know that's part of my purpose is my voice being heard to as many people as possible. And I love the power of social media that how they can do that. Um, but that's what I definitely see in my future. Don't have it all figured out, but it's literally okay. And I think that's what people need to realize is like life changes, like circumstances change and like, don't be too hard on yourself. If you feel like you're not at where you want to be, because most Mm. of the reality is like, you'll get there and everything timing wise happens for a reason, but I want to caveat. Don't let just, don't just sit around and wait for things to happen because I am not that at all. Um, no, yeah. don't wait for opportunities. Don't wait for things to happen. You have to put in the work. You're not just going to like, you know, whatever your spiritual background is, you're not just going to pray about it. And then it's going to happen. Like you, God gives you resources and then you, or whatever your spiritual is like, they give you resources And then you have to apply the resources in order for things to happen. You can't just assume. And I think that's what's so tough about where we're at right now in society and on social media is like, we want to live like a soft life, but we also have to put in the work in order to Mm. live a soft life. And it's okay if you just don't, if you are okay. And that's something that took me a long time, Marky, to be okay with was not everyone is like you and I. And it took me a long time to be able to be okay with that because I used to be like, don't you want more for yourself? Don't you? And like at such a young age, I was like, don't you want more for yourself? Don't you want to be an entrepreneur? And I would have friends or even past boyfriends that were like, no, like I'm good with like just being this. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) are you sure? And like, but like, that's okay too. Like, like, that's okay if like you are happy with that life and if you just want to be a mother and you just want to be a nurturer and you don't want a career and that's okay too. And like just accepting all versions of how people want to live their lives and realizing like, that's not your problem. What what's you have you as your longest relationship. So you need to hone in on what you want and go for it. And that's what I learned is have grace with everyone and don't judge anyone for what they want to do inspire like I said and sprinkle don't sprinkle inspiration don't lecture people because it can go you can say that all day long but if they don't want to hear it it's not for them Uh, it's so true I I have had the same realizations in recent years is like you know I look back at some of my old Facebook statuses and I was aggressively you know quote inspirational like Like, why aren't people doing this? Like, you're lacking motivation because I think we just have so much drive. And 
I don't know if it's, I have, you know, my family also Irish, have a lot of Italians in the family East Coast. Like, I don't know if it's that kind of background of like having strong, loud, energetic personalities that kind of, you know, formed us, which I'm sure plays a part or whatever it is, but it's just like, there's this passion that's just like exuding. And I just, I believe in people so much. And I think you're the same. Like, I just, know that anybody can do anything that they put their mind to. So for a long time, I was getting really frustrated when I would see people just like what I thought was like wasting their potential. And what I had to realize was like, okay, there's different parts of all of this. And it's important for us to like, like you said, just give grace to everyone. So um, I'm glad that you said that. That's always a great reminder for everyone. And um, good reminder for myself too, as we just continue to pursue our own goals. <laughs> you have to have grace with people and, you know, and, but then there's also people that I meet that I know, like they say stuff like it's, how do I explain this? So they'll be like, yeah, like, you know, I do this and this. And then also like I paint and I'm like, oh, cool. Like in my head, I'm thinking like, oh, you paint, like, what does that mean? And then I see their work. I'm like, you paint, like, wait a second, like what? And then I'm thinking in my head, like, I'm like, this is a business, like, oh my gosh. And they're like, no, this is just for fun. And I'm like, "Mm," like, I want to explode. Cause I'm just like, but, but like, but so many people need to see this. And like, my brain just is like, and then in my head, I'm like, Colleen, hold back. Like they may not want to hear this, not be ready for this. Um, all you can do is be a motivational, but you can't force somebody to do something they don't want to do. And I'm over here like with these paintings though. And I'm just like, <laughs> my brain is just like exploding inside, but you can't, like you said, you have to give grace and everyone, you know, people start their journeys at 16. People start their journeys at 60. You know, you cannot, yeah. everyone has their own. And I don't know, like I did listen um, briefly to your first episode. I don't know my human design. I'm very interested to know it though, because I feel like that's very intriguing because I feel Mm. deeply about meeting people. And I'm like, you did all these things, but like, you didn't finish the thing. And like, why didn't you finish the thing? And then I'm over here. Like, I wonder what they're now. I'm like, Oh, I wonder if they're because I'm over here. Like I'm that person. Like if I don't complete something, I'm upset. And I'm like, I don't know. Like I definitely need to figure it out. Cause I'm over here. Like, I see. Okay. We're going to have to circle back on that. I'll add it back to the show notes afterwards. So people know, because I think that human design is an amazing tool to understand. That's what helped me because I'm a projector and projectors are in Rosara's words from my first episode here to be guides. Mm -hmm. And I've caught myself getting caught up too many times in trying to tell people how to do things and they don't want to hear it. And so like, things like that really helped me. Same thing with learning my Mercury was in Leo. It was like, oh, okay. Like want to trade. I, you wanna yeah. trade? I would love to <laughs> right. trade my Mercury. I would love it. Well, well, here's the thing. I actually am so, it's so funny that you say that because since you have so much Leo energy, the cancer energy is so soft in you that it's like, it's probably frustrating for me. I'm like, thank God, because I'm actually a double cancer. I'm a cancer sun and cancer rising, but I have a Leo Mercury. And I feel like that's my moon is an Aquarius. Oh, wow. Okay. Like, thank God for that. I Mercury and Leo might be my favorite placement, honestly, in my chart, 
maybe the Aquarius moon because the Aquarius moon is kind of like the rebel, which I love, mm-hmm. but the Mercury and Leo saves me from being like an emotionally like overwhelming sappy cancer. <laughs> yeah, don't describe me, Marky. I don't, I don't need you to describe me right now. I really don't need that in my life. It um, is. It's, it's just the Mercury and cancer. It's so like uh, nostalgic and sensitive. <laughs> you're an astrologer can you like tell me how to like turn that mercury and cancer off can you You know this this is what I love because there I have to say there are no good or bad parts of your chart for whatever reason your soul chose these placements and chose this journey and chose whatever you are in human design for a reason because you're here to learn these lessons and exude that energy in life and like you know you probably needed that double leo to handle the big italian family you know like and at the same time like have that energy to be able to stand out and be a little bit different and so that's what I want people to know about astrology and same thing with like your journey and and the cycles and transits that you have like this is why I love seeing how people are led by the cosmos, right? Like this is so you, your Leo and Scorpio is so apparent in the work that you do. And it's so cool to see how that plays out so differently for people. You know, I mean, it's just, and when you can learn to work with your energy and work with these parts of your chart and just accept them for what they are, then life gets a hell of a lot easier as opposed to just being, because you could be really frustrated with that Scorpio moon of yours, right? Say you just want to be off the rails Leo all the time. That Scorpio moon is going to be like, oh, hell no. Mm -mm. We need alone time. We need to recharge. I don't like that person. I need to retreat. And so it's just important to learn how to balance that and like recognize that it's a valid part of yourself and it's here for a reason, including the mercury and cancer, as hard as that might be. I, I believe me, I got double cancer. I know. <laughs> you know it's so crazy. So like, I don't even know if I want to put myself out there like this. So like JLo and I, our charts are almost the same. Like we Ooh. both have a Gemini and Venus, a Venus and Gemini. Um, I'm pretty sure she's Leo rising and Leo moon as well. I think we might even have a couple more similarities and I'm in my head. I'm like, am I really like, I'm in a relationship now, but I'm like, like am I really going to get married and then get divorced? And then get, but I know what I'm just like, I love that. I have Leo. I love, I have similarities to JLo. Like that's awesome. Right. Like I'm like, right. Of course. Who wouldn't? Of course. <laughs> but like, and it's just funny. Cause people like when you start learning about the cosmos and stuff, you really start like, Marilyn Monroe, she was a Leo rising, like, duh. Like, you start mm-hmm. looking at people, like, celebrity charts, and you're just, like, obviously, like, you just start understanding, like, that makes so much sense. And that's what people need to get about, like, the rest of the chart is, like, yeah, she was a Gemini sun, but look at the rest of her chart. Like, really understand yeah. what you're doing. And, um, yeah, and I'm interested to ask you something. So I know in the first episode, you talked about like the, your first like dramatic experience. Do you, what, did you read anything into mine? Cause I want to tell you something, but I want to know if you saw anything first. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Let's see. So usually what happens is Saturn cycles are major, like notable life events, right? Yeah. So for you, you are let's just take a little peek. You're Saturn in Aquarius, which is kind of like our generation, like anybody 
around okay. like our age, give or take, right? Um, so you're coming up on an exact Saturn return, um, which is usually major life changes. But what happens with Saturn, Saturn rules life lessons and major themes in your life. Sometimes also fears or areas that are blocks or something that you're going to kind of have to change. Okay. So for you, your first Saturn cycle would have been in Taurus around seven or eight. Then okay. you would have had your opposition. So around 14 okay. in Leo would have been in your first house relating to the body and the self and identity. Okay. Then around 21 in Scorpio, and it would be right sitting smack dab next to your moon in Pluto, which I imagine the 21 year old one would have been kind of intense, 21 ish. Mm-hmm. And then coming up on your Saturn return. So I don't know if any of those years are related. You also have other transits too, depending on what happened. <laughs> yeah. So like, well, 21 probably is the most obvious one because I'm pretty sure I broke up with like my high school sweetheart that year. So like my whole life, like went upside down and like being a Scorpio moon, like, and Leo, like having those placements, it's like relationships mean so much to me that like my whole world feels like it's crashing when stuff like that happens. Mm. So like 21 definitely was like a year where I was transitioning a lot into someone I thought I was going to be versus who I am. And then, but the reason why I brought it up is because when I was four, I had two dramatic experiences that happened to me. One, I got hit by a car in which I went underneath. Yeah. So I went underneath the vehicle and didn't break any bones. I was in a cul-de-sac and I was driving um, my Barbie bike and a car hit me because they didn't like go around the cul-de-sac properly and they hit me. And my mom, my sister was babysitting me and like, long story short, the neighbor saw the whole thing happen. And then my sister came out and she like, this is my first like out of body experience. And like, she picked me up and I felt like a feather. Like I was out of my body wow. and I got rushed to the hospital, neck brace, all that, but didn't break any bones. This was when I was four. Um, and I remember it very vividly. I remember like going into the um, hospital doors. I don't, that's the only other thing I remember besides my sister picking me up and feeling like a feather. And I would being the, <laughs> so funny, being in having Leo, I was crying my eyes out, not because I was in a neck brace in a hospital, but because they wanted to take my earrings out and I had just got my ears pierced and I was crying my eyes out to my dad because I was like, dad, they can't do that to me. My ear piercing is going to close. He's like, you're literally in a hospital. And I'm like, they, I have to like keep my earrings in. And so he's just like, okay, I'll go talk to the nurse. Like what is going on? And, um, oh my gosh, if that is not a little Leo child, I don't know what is. I was okay, so- I'm going to have to go back in time after this and like look at when you were four years old and see what transits were going on. It's kind of yeah. amazing though. And I think it might have, so I don't know if you know this, but in your chart, you have Pluto one degree away from your moon and okay. Pluto is the, if anyone had anyone listening has Pluto a couple degrees within like their sun, moon rising or any like personal planet, that's major. Pluto okay. is also a planet that's that rules Scorpio, right? So that tells me you have major Scorpio energy. And when the moon represents your emotions and Pluto is right there, that is transformation, that is power, that is all or nothing, that is investigating 
all related to your emotions. And given that, you know, speaking to that experience specifically, when that's such a traumatic event and that Scorpio energy feels so deeply, that's going to, it's also getting a little crazy into astrology here, but it's also sitting in your fourth house, which is ruled by cancer and the home and family. So (laughs) it's like, so one, speaking of when you're 21 and you said your whole life flipped upside down, right? That's related to home, which makes total sense. And then two, with that experience, when you were hit by a car as a young child, also related to home and family and your emotions and the Scorpio side of it is almost so in tune that other people can't pick up on that. So I think that's probably why you remember the feeling and like feeling light as a feather because it's, it has this spiritual, like ethereal kind of energy to it that Mm -hmm. is going to be much more intensely felt than other people because that Pluto is like, I mean, your moon is already in Scorpio, but then Pluto sitting on it, it, that's like, I'm actually surprised that you're not, um, and maybe, maybe it does come out more, but that sometimes would overpower anything else. Like I bet if you only had one Leo placement, like Leo sun or rising, I bet you'd be more Scorpio-esque because yeah, yeah. it's a I really so strong glad. energy. Like I'm a cry baby. It makes me want to throw up Marky. I, I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. But I know that's beautiful. I It's just so tough, right? And like you said, working with versus battling it is so important um, because it's beautiful to be able to feel as much as I do, but it's also like tough a lot of the time because yeah. if I'm not just like happy and go lucky, then I'm like, could be really sad. And then I'm just like, it's just a such contrast that I feel um, a lot of the time, like having those placements, it could be very, very tough because and that, that's what I think people need to understand is like Scorpio suns are way different than Scorpio moons. Um, mm-hmm. in the sense of, well, it's, 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 if someone's new to astrology, I feel like it's cool to describe, to explain, right? Like, okay. The way that they are in public is like how I am in private. Like it kind of like helps to explain it yes. that way. Um, but, but yeah, I definitely have known like myself to be, my emotions overpower me a lot of the time. And so that makes a lot yeah. of sense. It's girl, it's the Pluto. You can blame Pluto. Pluto is such a strong influence. It plays such a major role in your chart if it's affecting you. So if anyone has Pluto placements that's listening, like let me know because I can help you make sense of it because it's it's yeah. like this power struggle, honestly. Like that's another word. Like it's this intense power that overtakes the planet that it's next to. Um, so I, if you are feeling like if you're going through something in your life, Colleen, that's related specifically to your emotions, it's going to be heightened. You yeah. might not know any better because that's just what you were born with, right? Like it just yeah. is what it is. So emotions for you are going to be like, up here or down here, all or nothing sometimes, very intense. Um, But the gift of Pluto and the gift of Scorpio is that, how do I say this? Scorpio is like the only energy that will destroy its ego in quest for its soul. Like Scorpios are so soulful, Scorpio energy. They're so deep and we need that you know I know Scorpio energy gets a really bad rep sometimes um but we need that power that you have and that energy because without even being outward about it 
Scorpios show people how to feel and like feel the full range of emotions of life. And we need that, you know, Mm -hmm. we need that. And then you have someone like you, this is what's beautiful about your chart is that you have the Leo side of you who's able to express that, right? And you can express that creatively and you can show that through helping people build confidence. So that's why like, it just all flows together so beautifully. And like, it's, um, you know, just like all part of your destiny, how this shows up. So I'm perfect. Thank you, Marky. The end of the podcast. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Say no more. Colleen is perfect. Here we go. Yeah. Spoken like a true Scorpio Leo. (laughs) (laughs) One more thing I'll say. That's the summary of the podcast. Yes. One more thing. Scorpios, well, and Leos just love their damn Scorpioness. They love being Scorpio. They are just very prideful in that. And so is a Leo. And so, you know, lesson learned for anybody working with Colleen, like don't insult her pride because you're going to get on her bad list and then she's going to be done with you forever. (laughs) It's so hard, man. Like I've learned over time to take my pride out of things. And I feel that's attributed to the Scorpio, right? Is like, I, like you said, like I will take that out of and lead with what my soul's telling me, but that was more in adulthood. Like, I feel like my ego, when I was in high school or even early twenties, it was so prominent. And like, so to this day, I struggle with it, but it's like, no, I'm right. Like, obviously. And it's like, no, you're not girl. I don't know what you're thinking in your head, but you need to drop the ego right now. So it's always like that battle. Um, but I've Absolutely. learned years, like, just, I'm very much like, I'm admit when I'm wrong and just, you have to, because you're never going to learn if you just continuously think that you always are right about everything and your ego. And, you know, like, I'm just one of those people though, that like, when it comes to, I am very open with a lot of my world as you guys like, will see on my social media, but there's a lot of, I'm very good at like, actually not telling you anything about my world. And I feel like that. hundred percent Scorpio. Like I feel, and I get this all the time, Marky, because I don't, I haven't done as much in recent, but I'm sure you've seen it. Like I talk on my like Insta story a lot, like just this flabbering away. Cause like, I just like to talk and, um, I talk, you know, just, I've always talked to myself. And so I talk on stories all the time. Right. So, but it's interesting because I've always done that for years. And so when people meet me in person and that always watch my story, they feel this connection immediately towards me because I'm so much like talking to a friend on my story. Like that's the way I display, like, that's how I am. So when they meet me, they almost feel like they already know me because they like, like, Mm -hmm. Hey, like, and it's, that's, what's so weird about social, right. Is like, maybe you've never met someone, but like, you think you know them because you are, they are that type of person. And I have to remember and check myself because they don't know any better when they meet me and act that way. Cause they just are so relative to me on my story. And like, I think, you know, I'm so personal because I do tell a lot of my life, but at the same token, I've gotten a lot of like, I know so much about you, but like, I don't know anything about you. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm like, that's the power. Like you can share. And that's, I think a good nugget for anyone that wants to get more on social media or like put themselves out there is there's power and privacy, but you, there's ways to share a lot about yourself without sharing the private side of yourself. And Absolutely. the first thing that you, it's powerful to share those parts of yourself too. So I'm not going to say you can't, but for me, I think having a Scorpio placement, especially at like moon, I like, 
am very private with my private and I'm very open with the rest. And so mm-hmm. like, if I'm like for me, I'm like, ew, I would never like cry in public or like cry on my social media. And then I'm like looking at all these people, like expressing their lives on social and like how beautiful and how respectable I feel with them. Like having the option, like having the, not the fear to showcase that part of themselves because I'm definitely uh-huh. that person, but the Scorpio moon's like, girl, you can't show that to the world. You, you can't yeah, do it. it. So it's a little more fearful. It has a wall up. And also the Leo, Leo energy is very sensitive to criticism. It doesn't want to be criticized. Like you have to be really gentle with how you deliver information. And because you can sense other people so deeply, like you're going to read their energy before they even say anything to you, you know? So it's like, it isn't, I do think it's important to share your heart and to be vulnerable at times, but it's, you need to feel comfortable doing it. There's one thing about being fearful and doing it, but feeling like you need to. And there's another thing about feeling unsafe. Like, of course you want to feel safe, but you don't, but there, it is powerful to push yourself out of your comfort zone. You know, to do that, like, especially in recent years, like with chats with CQ, like I really put myself out there in a way that wasn't like normal for me. Like I, even like doing this podcast, like years ago, I would never say this stuff publicly or like, I know this will be public. I would never say all this stuff to somebody else that I knew was going to be displayed on a public platform. But now yeah. I'm like, why not? Like, I'm just in the point where I'm like, every part of me needs to be shared because it's going to inspire somebody to then in turn share their sides of themselves that maybe they don't want to share. And like, again, me being like feeling like a vessel sometimes like for others I'm doing them a disservice and that's what absolutely pressure on myself because I shouldn't, but that's really where it comes down. Like I'm putting, I'm giving them a disservice if I don't, cause I'm that person that's like, I'll do it for everyone else. And like, I always say like, I really, I think what's so crazy and I'm, I'm sure you've experienced this in recent too. being a Leo. It's very interesting because this took me many, many years, but I truly like, don't care what people think anymore. Like I used to mm. like, And once you hit that actual switch, I talked about that on my story. You think when you think you're there and you think you don't care what anyone thinks, you're not there yet. But then there's like this shift that happens. And then you realize like, I actually don't care. Like it was the most releasing thing to me. And now it's like, I don't like, I used to be like that person that's like, oh, don't post that. I don't look at it. I'm like, girl, post whatever. I don't care. Like, I literally don't care about anything like that anymore. Cause I know who I am. And I think I'm at the, I think I'm, I think I lead sometimes with Scorpio and like, that's a Scorpio energy is like, you know, like Scorpio sons are like, I know who I am. I'm an individual. I'm an outcast. Like I, I just feel like I'm very grateful for all of my cosmos, even my Mercury in cancer. <laughs> It is. And I love that you said that because I I don't know if it's just age or the transits we all go through, but having the ability to start to just be okay with who you are and just accepting yourself and giving yourself grace and you're not perfect and you're human. I mean, I think it's a journey that we all go through, hopefully, and to do that with maturity and have self-awareness and to understand yourself and just understand like that's just again, part of your journey. I mean, you said it beautifully. It's, it's something that hopefully my hope is that everyone gets to experience that. 
and not only experiences it, but experiences it with love for themselves and love for other people and understands that other people are also going through the same thing and are also processing the same thing. So, yeah. <laughs> Leo, Mercury and Leo. Let me know yeah. what you want. Let me know what you want to trade though. I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> Believe me, there will be some time where we'll be like, I'm going to hit you up and be like, Hey, so I just put my foot in my mouth and I could use some more sensitivity. So <laughs> I know it's just, you know, you already have some cancers in there. So you might as well throw in another, I'll just throw in the Leo. <laughs> could you imagine? I would love oh. to be able to trade parts of my chart sometimes. I'm just like, Ugh. Oh, it would be an amazing thing if people could just swip swap and just do right. whatever they want. And, but then it would, life would be boring, you know, right. then we wouldn't have all the unique characters. And the, I mean, the, to me, astrology is like a puzzle piece and it's just like figuring out like how we are all the way we are. And that's what like gives, for me, that's what helps me have compassion for other people, you know? And, um, I think that's just such a beautiful way to like go about life. You know what I mean? So yeah. Totally. Yeah, I I appreciate I appreciate you thinking of me for this and for this chat. We'll maybe have to do a part two at some point because I know I think so. <laughs> I think so. So I would love if you could share if someone wants to work with you, if they want to get in touch with you, if they want to follow your lovely energy on social media, and just know that you may or may not be getting the full side and full spectrum of Colleen. But if they want to follow you, where can people listen in? Where they where can they get in touch? Yeah. So the best place to get in touch is really starting at my Instagram. So my main Instagram is smile like Colleen, which is, you know, perfect. So it's just S-M-I-L-E-L-I-K-E-C-O-L. L-E-N. And then my styling page is styled by CQ. So S-T-Y-L-E-D-B-Y-C-Q. Um, and you can always click on my website, look at my work, see all my publications. There's a contact form on my website too, if you're interested in getting into work with me, or you can just DM my style by CQ page. But, but yeah, just know I'm a kind soul. Clearly from my chart, you guys know, I have a lot of emotions, but I'm very gentle heart. And I would love to work with all of you. Um, but I really appreciate this talk, Marky. And thank you again for having me on your podcast. Yeah, thank you so much. It's, it's such a pleasure to be around your energy and hear your fiery little passion. It's inspiring just by the way you carry yourself. So um, I hope that people love learning about the fashion world and how you entered it and can, um, you know, if they're interested in going into that in uh, industry, they can follow you and, um, you know, follow along your footsteps. So thank you so much, Colleen. Of course. Thank you too. I appreciate it.